Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome to Better Living, a show about people or organizations making a big difference here in Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan, and joining us today is the executive director and founder of the Black Academy of Arts and Letters, Mr. Curtis King. How are you doing, Curtis? Hey, I'm rolling. It was good to see you at the Max game. <laughs> yeah, it was good seeing you again, too. It's been a while. Uh, you've been, But you've it's been just as... You've been so busy lately. Can you talk about some of the things that the Black Academy of Arts and Letters have been doing in the last old couple of months, just lately, this 2023? Yeah, it's, it's been uh, pretty busy. I mean, post-COVID, I guess you might say, we just finished the um, what we call a weekend festival of black dance. We had a company out of Atlanta called the Atlanta Dance Connection. They were here. It was absolutely amazing. And a young, brilliant young uh, man, that goes to the Arts Magnet School, we gave him and four of his dancers a platform to premiere his work. It was awesome. Awesome. And then we did, of course, our annual weekend um, of black music and the Civil Rights Movement concert with uh, Leandria Johnson and a young man, an absolutely amazing singer, named is Avery Wilson. Uh, people may not know him, but you, he's going to be one of the greats of our time in time. So we did that at the Symphony Hall. It aired this past weekend on TSA 21 and CBS 11. Look out. So we're excited about that. And then I'm working on the Riverfront Jazz Festival. Yes. And I'm not going to tell I got to come back on and announce who the lineup is going to be. So people have to wait until I come back to your show to do that. Something tells me, before you go farther, something tells me Erica Badu is going to be involved, and was it a coincidence both of y'all at the Dallas Mavericks-Lakers game at the same time? Was that a coincidence? At the same time. She is definitely going to be involved. She's our honorary chair. But this year, she won't be performing at it because she's doing an international tour. Okay. And so the tour doesn't end until, like, the end of July, 1st of August. Mm -hmm. And the tour is in with her big performance in Dallas. But, of course, you know, she's family. She's... uh, a mentee, she's needs all that, but she'll be involved in some capacity, not as a performer. She Can may I, be hosting one of the stages. Yeah. Or one thing I've talked about is doing, maybe doing a workshop, you know, on mm-hmm. what it's like to be in the industry and what do you need to do to get in and to be able to sustain a career. So she and I are talking about that. You know, but, let's give her her props um, real quick. Let's give her her props real quick because we got time. Yeah. She just got awarded the only ever Key to Deep Ellum 
And this was on her birthday celebration. She has it every uh, February in Deep Ellum. She got the only key yeah. that's ever been given. She's got a key to the city of Dallas. But that key to Deep Ellum was also special because a lot of people don't even know the history of the music of Deep Ellum. And I know you all, you know all about it. Exactly. Well, you know, I, I was there and I was really glad to have been there to, I'm always uh, awed by her performance and her presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she got but I think the, to me the most important thing, not to diminish her getting the key, but when she had everybody in the room to raise their hands up to the sky and then say to them, can you feel the power and the presence of the energy that's in the room and yeah. share that with love? Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of artist that she is. I said to her the other day that she'll be an artist that people will be studying for as long as there's a world and a planet called Earth. She'll be one because she's put here to do this work, you know. Yeah. And with me, to, with me observing her, it's never about the money. It's about the work. Right. And things like that. So well, I, I admire her. Her children are the same way. They're incredibly talented. And, and so they were at the game, too, did, Seven and Puma. Yeah. And when I, when I saw her, because there was a young man that had invited me. His name is Sean Reed. He's a brilliant young yes, man. Yes, he is. Uh, worked with, worked with the Mavs and mm-hmm. things like that. He had invited me to come, and I just felt so honored when I was walking around with him. And then people stopping me, that's Mr. King, that's Curtis King. Oh, hey, Mr. King, you saw my daughter. Oh, Mr. King, you remember me? Mm-hmm. I said, well, it's only been uh, so People know you. I said, hell, it's only been 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Time flies. But she's, she's, she's amazing. She's amazing. When she walked in the, in the, in the room, the arena, because of the white woman and her husband who sat behind her. And they, they said to each other, they said, who is that? She got to be somebody special. So she leaned over to me and she said, excuse me, I hate to bother you. She said, but the lady that just walked in the room, uh, I said, what lady? She said, the lady with the big hat. I said, oh, that's Erica Badu. She said, oh, I don't know who she is. And then, of course, Sean turned around and started giving all this history mm-hmm. about her and things like that. And then literally while we were sitting there, this woman, this is what I love about uh, technology. She went directly to her. She said, how do you spell her name? And I spelled her name for her. She went right to her Google. Mm-hmm. And I Googled her name. And she and her husband sat there for about a, two or three minutes and had a conversation about who this, this woman was. You know, so and as soon as they found out, they realized she's one of the most influential recording artists to ever uh, come from Dallas and has given back so much to Dallas. Went to Booker T. Washington High School. Her Grammy Awards are located right there at the school. She's donated so many funds and so many time and treasure to the city of Dallas, which which is why people love her. That's right. But that's that's how she is. Yeah. But she's always, always been like that. From a little girl, she's always been that. I said she's that young uh, woman who had that it thing. Mm-hmm. And so she said, well, how do you know that? I said, because the reality is that that's what people like Ruby D and Esther Rose and mm-hmm. Margaret Walk all about me. So one artist recognized that in the work of another artist. Because it's something that God has tailored and given to an individual, you know. Yeah, you know, you've worked with so, so many. Yeah, you've, you've worked with so many interesting people over the years. You mentioned 40 years with the Dallas Black Academy of Arts and Letters. I'm trying to think uh-huh. if you've ever worked with Angela Bassett. 
I have not worked directly with her, but one of my best friends who's passed away uh, went to I went to dinner with Angela Bassett mm-hmm. probably about three years ago, and have been in her presence three or four times, mm-hmm. and also her husband's presence because he's the one that introduced me to them. We every time we try to get her to come to Dallas or to do something with the institution, she's always been booked or busy. But she's very, very nice. Yes. Very sweet, very approachable, very spiritual, and a good, solid. Uh, of course, she's a great artist, but she's a good human being too. Mm-hmm. Academy Award the, nominee. The, the, yeah. Yeah, and, and to sit and watch her, that the piece is the last movie she did with um, Wakanda. Um, yeah, forever. Wakanda forever for the Black Panther. Ever. Yeah, the, see, I loved her in the first one, but I absolutely loved her in the second one. In to fact, me, I mean, that was like Academy Award. I mean, I mean, that's the kind of thing, you know. That's She's got such presence. Yeah. And, and for those who don't remember, she played Tina Turner in the Tina Turner movie yeah. and got the Academy yeah. Award nomination. That's right. Well, to me, the Tina Turner piece and the piece with uh, 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 the Black Panther mm-hmm. Uh, some of her best work to me. Yeah. I mean, again, she's done a lot of great stuff, but to see those those two pieces that's so different, it shows the range of this woman and the work that she can do and things like that. What I just absolutely love. She's a great, great artist because she reminds me she's in the league with the Ruby D, the Esther Rose, mm-hmm. the Beer Richards, the Tyson, the Legend of Sand. Mm-hmm. You know, all those artists like that. That's what I always uh, love about the she and Viola Davis, Regina Taylor. And see, Regina Taylor is another artist, actress, who is from Dallas, mm-hmm. made it very SMU. But Regina Taylor did her first uh, show with the Black Academy and got a first small check from the Black Academy. But wow. She's a, gold, a Globe Award winner. Mm-hmm. You know, she'll be somebody for you to talk to, too. She's amazing, amazing actress. Yeah, we're going to have you know, to do that. So, we're going to have to get her on this show sometime. Yeah, she's awesome. So it's exciting. I'm really excited to be living at this time to do this work for the people of the city, the state, the country, and the world. And I say world now because of the kind of global world that we live in and the digital access that we have to people all over the planet. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about time. And you know what? The the The... Black Academy of Arts and Letters is so tied in globally now. You guys have been doing, you were mentioning mm-hmm. during the pandemic, you had to, you know, think outside of the box and get people together a certain way. And now it's paying major dividends because people are, are aware mm-hmm. of what you're doing around the world. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, there was a, a young man that worked with me on the staff. We did a piece called Shelter in Place. And it was a 12-part concert series. And what we did is literally pull from our archives that's housed on the University of North Texas campus and pulled all those big name artists that had done the black music and the civil rights movement concert. And we did the concert. And then I did the introductions, the commercial uh, breaks, and all of that within the one hour show. Okay. <laughs> and it was so funny <laughs> because people were literally texting and calling and saying, how could y'all be doing a live show with all them people and you got a, a major pandemic in the world and da, da, da. I said, oh, I know we're doing our job now. So we have to respond back to people saying, no, this is from our archives. These yeah. shows have already been done. 
It was just, it was just absolutely <laughs> amazing. Yeah, because they thought it was live, and they thought it was just, I mean, they thought they were currently performing, and that just showed you the quality right. of the work, and it just showed you how uh, enthralled people were with the project. They were so enthralled. And the thing about it is that we got over $30,000 during that whole time period, within that three-month time period. Wow. We got $30,000, and the money came from all over the world. It came from everywhere mm. because we bought social media uh, advertisement, which was very inexpensive, and we targeted like in South Africa, Australia, London, uh, all those areas mm-hmm. where we know people love black entertainment. And so we targeted that, and it worked. It absolutely worked. It was a 12-part series, and it aired every Sunday at 5 o'clock from 5 to 6 o'clock in the evening. You know, it was amazing. Yeah, it, de- definitely. And, and again, we're talking with Curtis King. He's the founder of the Black Academy of Arts and Letters, and you've been going strong with the with the Academy for years and years and years. And I know not just the local partnerships. Can you talk about some mm-hmm. of your artistic partnerships nationwide? Because I know there's functions that you guys are associated mm-hmm. with. Because I, I don't I don't want you to like brag on yourself, but people need to know what the work you've been doing. Well, let me say one thing. I'm really proud of that uh, there's um, a sister out of uh, New York, I think she's in California now, but the theater that she was working with at the time is called the Billy Holiday Theater yeah. in New York City, in Brooklyn. But they went, during the pandemic, uh, to, during the pandemic, they went to uh, a major foundation and asked those foundations to give money for black theaters to build a black audience for black producers, black directors, black actors specifically and to deal with subject matters about how we can deal, how we can help to create a better relationship with non-African Americans, primarily with, with white, uh, in the white community. Mm-hmm. And so the foundation, uh, with the, 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 the Ford Foundation gave them, I'm sorry, not the Ford, the Mellon Foundation gave the first $5 million, and the project was called the Black Seed Project. And so... All of these uh, black theaters around the country got money. We ended up getting one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow! For, it's a three grant, and we partnered with six, seven, eight African American college and university theater programs and departments to feature young playwrights from their programs to come to the Black Academy and do a professional stage reading that's done by King Barbatunzi, who handles that for the institution. And so we fly the young people in, we put them up, and we give them a nice honorarium. And so they have an opportunity to see their work on a bigger platform. And at the end of the program, what we're going to do is publish uh, a new playwright anthology of all these young people's work. So that's how we were using that money, because it's about building the bridges. Mm-hmm. And it's say black, that means that you have to plant the seed into young artists that's coming along. Because, Chris, it was something that Esther Rowe used to say all the time to me. she said, whatever you have, as you journey on, make sure that you, whatever you, you plant, sometimes she said, she said, you pass on to the young so that they don't end up having to plow the same field. And so That's I deep. always keep that in the back of my mind, is that, you know, don't take it to the grave with you or don't, you know, right. go to an oven, cremation. Mm-hmm. Pass it on to people because it's not going to do you or anybody in the good if you don't pass the information stuff on. So I feel that that's a part of what my work is. I mean, I'm doing work with my brother in Memphis. He has an amazing ministry at this church 
uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. It's in the heart of the black community. The church is. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful uh, building. But so I'm helping to develop a fine arts program in music, theater, and liturgical dance in his church. And so that community is being gentrified like Harlem in New York or Watson, L.A. or South Dallas here, you know. And so if we don't figure out ways on how to be able to preserve our history and our contribution as African-Americans, uh, Ruby D said it's going to be as if we would not have made any contribution to America or the world at all. Because mm-hmm. we, we, we allow people by not doing the work that we're supposed to be doing. And I don't blame other people for preserving or promoting or perpetuating uh, the work and our, our work and our contribution. I don't blame people for that. And it's something, man, that I always say, this is what I love about the Jewish community. When you say something about the Holocaust with the Jewish community, they, rightfully so, going to put you in check. And that's what I feel about. They correct the information. They make sure you understand the significance. Absolutely. And I love that. And to me, they have been really a part of my inspiration to continue to keep doing the work that I do. Is that if if you have one group of people, be they Jewish or Anglo or Japanese or Chinese or whatever, if they love the culture Mm -hmm. uh, and the contribution they have made to the world, then why is it that we should not do this, the exact same thing, you know? And so I don't, I don't spend my time, my energy bashing and being negative about other people because the work that, that I've been put in to do should be focused upon my work that I'm doing, you know? And so mm-hmm. I love having organic uh, relate conversations with people around small settings and tables and talk about how can we work collaboratively together to do the work that we're doing. That's why I love working with uh, Kim Noltome, who is president of the Dallas Symphony. She is absolutely amazing. She's done some amazing work in the city of Dallas. I saw the Dallas Symphony on a PBS special. Mm-hmm. And so with the partnership, we're doing this thing called Jazz and Symphony Center, which a concert is coming up next Tuesday. Okay. Six Brothers on Six Brothers on Sack at the uh, the Myerson Symphony Center in the heart of downtown Dallas. People need to come and see that show. But that's a partnership that we call Jazz and Symphony Center that's done between the Black Academy of Arts and Letters and the Dallas Symphony, a piece that I put uh, in front of her and said, let's do this together. And then the Dallas Symphony also performs at the Riverfront Jazz Festival. That is know? amazing. So and she, that is absolutely awesome because it's all about collaboration. Exactly collaborations, partnerships, mm-hmm. and I think it has to be organic and it got to be real. Sure. When you're sitting at the table with each other, don't, you know, don't, my grandmother said, don't throw your rock and hide your hand. Tell <laughs> people what it is that right. they're doing or not doing so that we can figure out how to navigate our ways through here to keep crime and drugs, you know, so that we don't have to pick up the uh, newspaper or flip the TV on or the radio and see somebody else has been involved in another another mass shooting. I just think we have a lot of work to do as human beings. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we do the kind of things that you're doing, you know, the stuff that I love, what the Maverick is doing, uh, you know, doing this kind of work, there's no way that we're not going to be able to win and deal with some of the negative ills that that, uh, is just so insidiously uh, deep 
into humanity. Not just it's not just America or Dallas. It's on the whole planet. Right. So, what it is is a so, lot of people. Yeah, I was going to say what a lot of people are doing is they're consuming their information in just little bubbles. And if they don't reach across different, you know, spectrums, they won't learn anything. And therefore, they may fear people who are different or they may not understand or empathize with someone who might have the exact same situations going with them. It's like, oh, wow, I'm going through some of the same things. That's right. That's right. I just I I love learning. Mm -hmm, I love being a student of learning. I love what other cultures are doing. Yeah. I love the idea. I, I went through uh, the Holocaust Museum here uh, in Dallas, mm-hmm. and I was just so awed by the history and the information, uh, and just sitting watching. You know, it's it, 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 it's fascinating to me. Uh, even when I went through the museum in Washington D.C., the, the African American Museum. Mm-hmm. And Which I is absolutely the watched. most, it's the star of the mall down there, of, of the uh, uh, Smithsonian Institute. It's part of the Smithsonian. Yes. It yes. is the star attraction for for good reason. People yes. from all over the world go to that museum. Yeah, man. But when you sit there, for me, mm-hmm. when I'm walking through it, coming out of the deep south in Mississippi, mm-hmm. and I read a lot of history about the civil rights uh, um, issues, but I'm right there because my father was in Memphis when Martin Luther King was assassinated mm-hmm. and couldn't get out. You the know, Lorraine Hotel. Motel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I went to the Civil Rights Museum about a month ago and sat there, man, and I'm telling you, you you can't help but to literally weep when you see what a group of people uh, have been subjected to, but yet they were able to triumph uh, through all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it gives you pause and give you reason to. I think that's the reason why I'm so uh, moved by, you know, the heart and doing things. I mean, you even sure. have political differences, like mm-hmm. what's going on in Ukraine or in Russia and all that. But to see human bodies being annihilated, you know, as if they never even existed, is to me, it's just hard. It's just heartbreaking. It's, 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 it really is. Uh, it's hard. And you know what? Yes. This is what's I mean, so. Innocent, go ahead. Go ahead. Not just said innocent people dying, mm-hmm. children. I saw on on Nightline. It was the other night called "Children of War," uh, and and to hear those young kids talk about a bomb going over their head, almost as if water is dropping out of the sky. It's, it's just it's it's it's. it's I mean, I, 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 man, I was sitting here almost like a uh, a weeping baby. And say, God, you know, what can we do? How can we help? And Spirit said, just keep doing what you're doing. Stay positive and do the work and allow people to express themselves and be who they are because all of us are different. You know, mm-hmm. so what is different? Different is different. Yeah, and <laughs> we know? should celebrate differences and also recognize even though there's differences, there's so many commonalities. And if you, just like you said, if you if you love to learn, if you understand the power of knowledge, you want to know all about the world itself and mm-hmm. all the different communities, all the different countries, all the different philosophies, all it does is make mm-hmm. you a better person because you can empathize because you find the common, you come the common denominators. You find, and it's that's not right. just like you said; it's, it's it's it goes on all levels, and that's why I like the work that you do. We're, again, we're talking with Curtis King. He is the uh, executive director and founder of the Black 
Academy of Arts and Letters here in Dallas. And uh-huh. like I said, the, the work you do through art, because sometimes people learn things that may be the first time they kind of understand a different culture. They, you know what? I mm-hmm. love that performance. I love that music, or I love that song, or I love that yeah. actor or actress. And they, they, they all of a sudden step in with a baby step, and all of a sudden they learn a little bit That's- more. And they say, you know what? I really enjoy this community. And all of a sudden, That's- you know, partnerships are developed. Can you? Can you? I That's just want right. you to tell this story again because I think it's so significant. The the Black Academy is located right next to City Hall. Right adjunction to right. the Dallas Convention Center. How were you able to get that space? Because it is absolutely a perfect location where all people from all over Dallas yeah. can see performances. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's historical, you know, because uh, the late uh, Annette Strauss, uh, Al Liskin, Diane Ragsdale, who's still living, mm-hmm. all of those leaders on the council at the time in the 80s realized the work and the contribution that the, that the Black Academy was making to the city and to the state and even parts of the country. Cause, and that's South would always re- refer me to do stuff at the Kennedy Center because she... In and Washington, D.C. In D.C., yeah. They, they were very supportive of that. And so when we didn't have a space, Stark Taylor and all those people who were, like I said, mayor and council members, said this institution is important. The work that this guy is doing is important. We need to help them find a location. And it took us nine years to find something suitable for us with the programming that we had already done. And it it was downtown. I don't think that many people thought that we would survive there because we had come from a 40,000 square foot vineyard to a 250,000 square foot vineyard. And so now it's 33 going on uh, 34 years later. And, hallelujah, and we are included as a major part of the expansion and the rebuild of the convention center. Nice. Yes, they raised money for that. They had the bond. Yeah. That's right. And we got out and worked our behinds off because we had passed other bond issues, so we worked to pass this bond issue because our institution is involved. So the Academy is a major uh, cultural icon in, the, in, in downtown Dallas, Texas, and it brings all of these people from around the country and the world, like to the jazz festival. Mm-hmm. Like last year, we had 1,000 people that came to the jazz festival. And what I love about what we do is, like you said, Erica Bardu early and all those, is giving back to the community. We have a partnership that we're doing now with the Dallas Independent School District, and I call it Performing Arts Matter. Everything matters, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so exactly. I call it Performing Arts Matter. And we're doing six schools, and we have 15 teachers in six schools doing music, theater, dance with young people uh, in elementary and middle schools who would never have an opportunity to be exposed to that. And so what we do is tie math and uh, all those those elements into the curriculum and be creative with it. And then we do one big presentation, which is March 24th, with all those six schools that come to the Black Academy. And all those, I think it's almost 400 kids that's in that particular program. It's a wonderful program, in my opinion. Yes, <laughs> and it a is. And a in the relationship we have, have with, the, with the Dallas Independent School District, you know. So I, I'm excited about the things that we're doing. I'm excited about the new renovation and the new plans, mm-hmm. uh, what's going to happen. 
on that sa- on that same be- tip, Curtis. Let's just keep it on this topic mm-hmm. for a second here, because you mentioned you know the mm-hmm. bond election mm-hmm. and they're going to you know remodel and spend like a billion dollars or more with the Dallas Convention Center. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that mm-hmm. there you know with so many people moving into Dallas and Dallas Fort Worth from all mm-hmm. over the country, that downtown Dallas at night is now becoming even more and more and more vibrant. Not just in Deep Ellum, mm-hmm. but in the downtown part. And I just noticed, ironically that the Discovery Mm -hmm. District is walking distance to the Black Academy of Arts and Letters. Can you talk about how the synergy right there might be happening as well? Because that's where a lot of people are going nowadays. Well, let me say this. The Discovery District is something that's very interesting to uh, bring that up. Because during just like a different part of COVID as it was moving out, we opened, had a kickoff in the Discovery District with the with AT and T to do the jazz. Wow! And we, the idea was to do a partnership with AT and T. Of course, it didn't work out the way we had both had anticipated. But when we did it, we it was like four thousand people on that mall, and that was really like a big prelude or an opening to a partnership because, like you said, we literally are spitting distance mm-hmm. from the. If you come out of the Black Academy on the Acker Street side and walk less than five minutes. Yeah, just walk straight down. Straight down. And you're already in the Discovery District. I think that's a great thing because a major cultural, African-American cultural institution in a major metropolitan city, in the heart of downtown of a major metropolitan Mm -hmm. city, is something that to be applauded to say that the visionaries, uh, uh, and the thinkers uh, from the Ernest Strauss days in the early 80s, the idea they had in mind that Dallas is a can-do city and they were forward-thinking leaders, then those individuals, now you look from here uh, to back then, those people were absolutely right. Yeah. So I, I think I think on the summit, Dallas is an amazing, amazing city. And what I love about the city is because People really do, genuinely, in my opinion, sit down and try to figure out how do we make our city a better city? How do we make it? Now, we, we fuss, argue, go back and forth, sure. but that's what families do. Iron sharpening you know, iron. We, yeah, we're still trying to figure this out because we're dealing with new personalities, new ideas, new ways of thinking, technology and all that. But the city wouldn't be evolving and growing if you didn't have the kind of leaders and thinkers and workers and doers uh, who had the right spirit and the mm-hmm. right approach and the right attitude about what they're doing. But that's how, that's why the city is moving and progressing the way that it is. Exactly. That's just my opinion. You just nailed it because we were talking about worldwide people reaching across or at least trying to understand differences, and that's how you come together. Well, you just mentioned it locally. Mm-hmm. The city of Dallas, over all of these years, if you don't have these conversations, these 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 interesting conversations with people of different. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home Internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your Internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home Internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. 
Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast kinds of backgrounds how can everybody progress you gotta you gotta recognize each other you can't just say nope we're not going to cooperate or they don't they can't have a seat at the table i love the fact that everybody's actually coming together and trying to work things out to make the whole city better. The better city, right. But, you know, this is a thing, girl, uh, a sister, uh, it's a piece that she did on the George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And the title of the piece she did called How Can We Win? If we don't work together, you know, and I, we say it all the time so much so that it becomes trite, but it really is real. Let's just flip it and say we have to work together. We don't have a choice. If we don't work together, the reality is all of us are going to be destined for doom. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to win. And mm-hmm. so it's best that we figure out how can we win. I always ask people when we are talking about trying to get money from people for corporations or foundations. The first thing I ask them, what is it that you want out of this relationship, or this partnership, or this collaboration? So that when you tell me what you want, and I tell you what we want out of it, it may work because now what we're doing is both meeting each other's needs. Right. But if I don't understand what you want out of it and you don't understand what I want out of it, the reality is that we are already desperate for doom. Nobody's going to win in that. And there's nothing wrong with saying what you want out of something because it may be that, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm not going to be able to do that. I don't take people's money if it's something I know that we can't deliver on. I think it's being disingenuous. It's being dishonest. And so we just turned some money down not too long ago because what the corporation was asking us to do was something that I didn't feel that we could deliver on and yeah. deliver at the level of quality uh, that they were asking. I didn't, I didn't have the 
kind of, uh, I have some good staff people, but I don't have enough staff people. I don't have the right kind of staff people to do that particular piece with what they were asking. So I passed on it. You know, so mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't just take people money. Just exactly. It's got to be worthwhile. All money is not good money. I mean, that's the Absolutely. bottom line. If there's strings attached that don't, that don't make any sense, you just can't accept that kind of money. We totally understand yeah, those no. things. Yeah. And you yeah. mentioned about the differences and we're all together trying to win. Uh, Dr. King said something I'll never forget. He said, he said, we all came over on different ships, but we're in the same boat now. That's right. <laughs> and that's the truth. It's the truth. So, so the reality is that if, if, the, if the boat is in the middle of an ocean and the, the storm is coming, we all are trying to survive. So we're going to do the best we can. And we don't even think we don't even think about race. Yeah. We don't think about gender. We don't think about handicap. We don't think anything. All we think about is trying to survive. And that's a, that word survivor is a universal peace. If we can just lock into that, the world is going to be so much better. We're going to deal with some of this killing mm-hmm. and all the things that we're doing. Eventually, I think that's going to subside, too. But I think it's the responsibility of the artists. I think that the churches, you know, uh, social service organization, institution, it's all of our responsibilities. So every time we turn TV on and see all the atrocities that's happening in the country or the world, all of us bear part of the responsibility of that because that means that either we're not doing the work or the work that we're doing is not working and we need to modify and change it. Yes. You, you know, know, you said some very profound things in this conversation. And before we let you go, and we got a little bit of time here, <laughs> are there any mm-hmm. projects you mentioned the one coming up on Tuesday? You want to make sure everybody remembers that the Dallas Black Academy of Arts and Letters is going to do and have upcoming? And if there's anybody or any partnerships or volunteer opportunities, you want to make sure that people have an opportunity to get involved and where they can find out more information. Well, what I would like for them to do is go to our website. We're in the process of rebranding our institution with new logos, new websites that's going to be up and rolling in the next 60 days. Mm -hmm. But they can call the Black Academy at 214 Seven four three, twenty four hundred. That's our box office, and get tickets to all kinds of things that we have going. Or they can go to our website, and when they go to the website, tball t b a a l dot org, and then go to programming. And under program, you see season forty six, and you just flip through the catalog and see all the programs that we're doing. And then I ask people to follow us on our social media. That's at tball. You know, get our web, uh, Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. We have all our social media uh, platforms that people can be a part of. And then we say, you know, get on our mailing list. So we email stuff out to people all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, we have 35,000 people in our email database, and it goes all around the world to people who uh, send us contributions and donations. So I encourage people to come to the Black Academy. We got some going on every weekend. Like this weekend, we have coming up with a spoken word piece called Poets and Jazz, three incredible spoken word artists. Mm-hmm. And then the great Haki Matabuti, his name was formerly Don Lee, but he's a very famous uh, uh, poet out of Chicago and writer of five honorary doctorates, has about, I think, like 15 books out. But he's going to be doing, uh, he's at the Black Academy on Saturday at 10 o'clock a.m., as a part of our Writer's Breakfast Roundtable, Roundtable's Writer's Breakfast. He's amazing, amazing, amazing 
artist, thinker, and writer. Again, from Chicago. This is 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. His name is Haki Matabuti. So I encourage people to come see him. So we just got a lot of stuff going on. You know, as you can tell, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a very busy, busy year. And again, you guys have been hitting the ground running. I can't thank you enough for joining us. And people who want to volunteer or be a part, like you said, go to the website. All the information is there. And keep an eye on the website because over the next 60 days, you're going to see massive upgrades and improvement. I mean, it's one thing that's yeah. already nice. But we know we're always uh, stay keeping up with latest technology. We always got to have that good look out there, especially when people all over the world are are, are checking out what you're doing. Curtis, it's been a pleasure. Well, well, let me just say one last thing. Sure, take your time. I would encourage people who are listeners is to please, if you live in Dallas, uh, the city of Dallas, please call your council person and tell them uh, how much you appreciate them supporting the arts and particularly supporting the Black Academy of Arts and Letters for this new journey that we're going on with our new renovation to be a part of the Convention Center downtown Dallas. Fantastic. He is Curtis King. He's the founder and executive director of the Black Academy of Arts and Letters right here in Dallas. Thanks, Curtis. Thank you, and have a good one. I look forward to talking to you again soon. And joining us right now is Brad Allen. He is the owner and director of DFW Forgotten Friends, And they've got an event, a golf event coming up in April called Putts for Mutts. And, Brad, I'm so glad you're joining us because I love our furry friends and I really love the fact that, especially on this side of the pandemic, people really appreciate comfort comfort animals. And so, Brad, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you having me on. Well, let's start back to the beginning. You say that you wound up being the director and owner of DFW Forgotten Friends. How did this happen? And when did furry friends become a part of your lives? Um, so I've grown up with dogs and have always had a love for animals. Um, I am somewhat new to the rescue world itself. Mm-hmm. I have, my wife and I have actually, you know, rescued quite a few dogs and three of our um, <laughs> six dogs that we have right now are from uh, DFW Forgotten Friends. Um, and, uh, the opportunity just kind of came about last year to where I could, um, take over the, uh, person who originally started DFW Forgotten Friends in 2012, he decided that he was going to step down and he was at first just going to let, kind of let the organization go kind of just, you know, phase itself out and uh, have a little extra time on my hands. So I was like, hold on, let's talk about this. And so we got into the discussion and found, you know, it just happened to work at the right time. Uh, so I, you know, stepped up and took over. You know, people love nonprofits. And again, a lot of people love furry friends. They love animals, cats, dogs, yeah. whatever. When you say forgotten friends, can you talk about what they were doing and then what you brought along to the table to make people even more aware of it? Yeah. And uh, so I think with the original owners, they they wanted to take in dogs that you know, the, not just your everyday dogs, which we have plenty of those as well, but like we, we want a project. Mm-hmm. We want a dog that, you know, has medical issues or like maybe be, uh, will be hard to, to place in a home because of either medical issues or other, you know, things that may need training or mm-hmm. anything like that. The ones that have been dumped out and, you know, lots in East, East Texas and South Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to focus on those type of dogs first. 
Right. We're I see not, what you're saying. I, I know exactly what you're way. saying. You're, you're saying, okay, there's a lot of strays. There are some dogs that Correct. just need some. But these dogs actually need more help than most. Right. Yeah. Most, of, most. I would say, you know, that's, again, that's what we look for. Um, like right now we have a dog named Max that uh, actually was found um, that had been hit by a car or hit by a car. Uh, and he lo- he's going to have a, a, his leg amputated here in a couple of weeks. Um, I think in the next week. So he's one that we're, you know, we have a, we're still looking for a foster for him. He's mm-hmm. at a temporary foster right now. We're looking for some funding just to, you know, because it's going to be a process of having the amputation, getting the rehabilitation that he needs. Um, but yes, yeah, so we kind of, you know, again, we will not turn away a dog unless we are full at capacity um, or, you know, don't have the funds, but we have kind of lucked out to where we usually find a foster. We have, you know, an okay fund funding system. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we, we try to take on those, you know, those that are more in need, uh, more so than just, a, you know, kind of your, your regular dog. So, so when you took on the project and again, you and your wife, you have six dogs now. Um, we do. did you ever feel like, <laughs> Oh my goodness, I'm overwhelmed. I bit off more than I could chew. That's a joke. <laughs> I bit off more than I could chew. I can't <laughs> believe, <laughs> I can't believe. I'm you know, <laughs> There are, there are, there are some times that, mm-hmm. um, that, that it does get, it's, it, I think it gets more frustrating than anything just sure. because it is harder to find fosters these days. Um, that's our big push right now is finding fosters, um, whether it be a long-term foster, which, you know, could be up to like a month to six months. So, you know, hopefully they're not in our system that long to like, you know, if we need one, a temporary foster for a couple of days or maybe a week or two uh, and anything in between some, you know, that again, like this max, that's going to need some medical attention that, uh, you know, he'll have to go to vet visits on and off and he'll have to have th- that rehabilitation. Um, that's our big push right now is, is the foster system. And it's frustrating because like you hear people that are like, Oh, I want a dog. Oh, I need this dog. But like, they don't, it's hard to get them to step up and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and take a dog. So that can be frustrating sometimes, but it's, again, we have, we have a good system. We have a good outreach, even though we are a pretty small organization. Um, we're just hoping to, to grow that footprint. Sure. Um, uh, uh, Cause right now um, a lot of our fosters in our, in our system is like, is kind of South Dallas, East Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I live in Carrollton. So I would love to bring, DFW forgotten friends and events up here to like Carrollton, Plano, Frisco, and, uh, you know, even out to like Fort Worth and, and Ulysses and, and everything in between really make it, you know, uh, something that covers all of DFW area. So how do you usually find these dogs? Does someone report they found a stray or is it, yeah. I, I'm only, I'm only going to bring up this situation because it may or may not apply. I've heard from different um, rescue operations that this is the time of years that some families who either get a pet for Christmas, they realize yep. they're overwhelmed and they don't know what to do. And so they wind up donating or giving away the pet to different organizations. Do you ever run right. across those situations? Yeah, it, that happens all the time. And, uh, you know, there's there's no judgment on our part. Sure. We would rather have someone come go, take it to a shelter, come to us. We'd rather come to an organization like us because – shelters are full right now and it's so it's hard to you know there's lists and there's euthanized lists and stuff like that so it's the more full that a shelter is it's not that great whereas the foster system we can maybe try to work some things out um 
that way. But yeah, it's, uh, it, it is a tough time of year right now because, uh, again, you kind of get those Christmas presents that like, oh, this dog is bigger than I expected. Mm-hmm. Or, um, but yeah, we have people uh, that will just see a stray out on the road. Uh, again, we have a, a lady that it lives kind of out in East Texas. There's a, it's a big dumping ground out there. Oh, wow. Um, I never thought about that. Yes. They They did them off the side of the road country and they just leave them out in the woods and, you know, out in the country. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so she, she helps like, Oh, this family saw this dog or she sees the dog and then all over Dallas or, you know, people just saying, Hey, I have this, you know, I've had this dog for a couple of years. My situation is changing because of job or, whatever like um you know i can't take care of my dog like i'm moving into an apartment that doesn't take dogs or something like that mm-hmm. and like it's, so it's kind of a full range of 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 ways that they come into our uh, organization and so you you've been doing these things for how many years now so uh so i have just been uh with the rescue for a year now okay um, but again i've i've kind of I've rescued other dogs and and but this is my first actual like working as a rescue, but mm-hmm. we have some great, um, some great people that work for the organization that have been doing this for years and years and years. And they've kind of been my pillars of like, Oh, Hey, do we need to do this? You know, I can fall back on them for, for any information that, that I, you know, need to, and taking a dog or do we have the funds to help this dog or what can we do to raise funds to help these dogs? And so, yeah, we've got a good little, little system here. I like the way you're talking about this. By the way, we're talking with Brad Allen. He is the director and owner of DFW Forgotten Friends, and they come up with all kinds of interesting, clever, and fun ways of not only connecting people with pets, but actually raising money to help take care of some of these pets who actually might need some surgery or they might need just a little bit of help. Um, I just love the fact that you're being creative about how you get people involved. Can you talk about some of the projects you've done over the year? And then we'll get into uh, the big golf tournament coming up in April. Yeah. So the, the golf tournament is, is a big uh, thing. I will let's say we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, a couple of weekends ago for uh, Mardi Gras, we came up to a place uh, called the local um, up here in the colony and had a little, uh, a little parade with some of our adoptable dogs. Oh, and, nice. Uh, they were gracious to host, uh, host us and invite us to do that. So we got to get, uh, I think we had eight dogs that were able to attend that. And out of those eight dogs, I believe six got adopted. Um, so we had Great. a really good showing there. So, and then um, we kind of, last year was kind of a, a I, w- I don't want to say rebuilding, but kind of a rebuilding year and where, we didn't have as many events because there was this change going on and trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. So this year we're, we're really looking to hit with more events, more adoption events, just at your, you know, we, we use pet supplies plus over off a of mockingbird a lot. Um, on the weekends we'll set up out there. They're gracious enough to let us have their little spot outside. Um, and we're looking for places, you know, all over the DFW area to have these events to get our dogs seen because that's how they get adopted. Yeah, you can see a picture on the Internet or on social media about these dogs. And, oh, my God, that dog's cute. But you don't know that dog until you meet that dog. And then they win their hearts over. Then it's done. It's mm. it, it's kind of unfair <laughs> to the people because they fall in love so quick. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly um, what yeah. you mean. But so we're in. So this year, like I said, we've got the golf tournament coming up. Uh, I'm looking at maybe doing a gala in, in like November, December, um, around the holiday, uh, time just to, you know, fundraising, get, getting eyes on the dogs, getting people 
in touch with our organization and, and kind of seeing what we do that, uh, that way. You know, as wild as coming off the pandemic, this side of the pandemic, you know, you're, you're allowed, you're allowed to be even more creative. It's like people are getting back together again. And as you mentioned right. before, once people look the dogs in the eyes, it's like, Oh, <laughs> and so they get all, you know, they get emotional. Have you noticed that? Right. And I, I brought up the pandemic because I know during the pandemic, a lot of people's families were brought together because of their pets, their love of their pets. Yep. In other words, a lot of people working from home, they like, I can't work from home. And all of a sudden, the pets are there because they just they just love you, you know. They're just right. there and they love you. Can you talk about uh, some of the comfort situations? And I noticed that a lot of older people actually feel better about themselves when they have a pet. Uh, yeah, and we've actually seen that uh, a couple of times since I've taken over, where we've had a more of a senior dog. So you know, someone, some dog that's like eight to 10 to 12 years old, and there are senior adults that want a senior dog because they're kind of in the same situation. They're a little bit older. They're like, they have that companionship like right away with these dogs and they're really attached. Um, so it is, it's, and then being home with, with dogs, like uh, I think there was a little influx of people returning dogs after the pandemic mm-hmm. because they had all this time and then they went back to work, but it, it, um, it, it seems to be a little better. It's just, there's other situations why there's so many other dogs out there. <laughs> yeah. Just, for whatever reason, but yeah, it, it is. It's, it's all about companionship. Uh, I feel like they're a part of the family. Um, my wife and I don't have kids, and our six dogs are our kids. Like that, we. I know people say that, but that's how we treat them. Like they're a part of the family. They, you know, they're not just an animal that exactly. lives in our house. They're very connected with us, and I believe that people that follow us and that that are interested in us and even ask any questions that they have that same feeling uh, about animals in their life. So who conceived putts for mutts and what's the strategy? Because I understand it's like foursomes uh, with golfers. Can you, can you explain what the tournament is and who came up with the idea? Because I think it's very clever and I think it's an excellent way uh, to have a fundraiser for a nonprofit for, for pets. Yes. Um, I'm a golfer myself. I've been golfing since I was about eight years old. Look at you. (laughs) I got to go ahead. I got to go ahead and say, what's your your handicap? I got to know what your handicap is. Um, I'm about a, like a nine handicap. It's not too bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and so actually in 2019, I, again, I wasn't working with the rescue, but I, I wanted to weigh because like at that time there wasn't, a whole lot that I could do donation wise, you know, my, my family, ourselves that we could do. So I was on the golf course one day and saw this dog in the, in the backyard. And I was like, you know what, it'd be great if there was a dog on every, every hole, like up for adoption. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, wait, let's, how can we do this? Hey. And so it was my idea. Um, I, uh, and so kind of conceived the idea in, in 2019 and we were planning on having our first tournament in 2020 Again, we all know what happened there. Yeah, kind of, kind of worldwide. It, it kind of, kind of uh, threw us off a little bit, but I'm kind of gracious for that because I feel like uh, our first event in 2021 was was much better organized than it would have been in 2020. Um, now we're in our third year. It'll be on April 29th, Saturday, April 29th. It's a golf scramble, so foursomes go out. You know, hit the best ball, try to get the best score out there. Um, and uh, it's all all about fundraising. 100% of the the donations and the the entry fees, uh, all of the sponsorships go towards uh, us uh, at DFW Forgotten Friends. And then we've got Pooch Savers, uh, another rescue out of Plano, 
and then Rider to the Rescue out of Fort Worth that we raise money for. And we like to have a fun out there. We, you know, golf sometimes can be a serious sport, but um, we take the organization and the event serious, but we don't take what goes on on the course that serious. Right, exactly. Uh, you got to have, have a good time. We have a good time. We have some some good vendors that come out uh, and help us out. We have a DJ on the 17th hole that's kind of party hole that our friends and uh, family and stuff kind of come out and have a good time and cheer everybody on. Uh, but it, it, yeah, it's it's just a fun, like say, a, a way to get people out who love golf, who love um, dogs, and just a good way to you know make some money um, and, and for the organization. Now I heard that you just got a recent partnership with a group associated with the LPGA. Yeah. Um, so the LPGA holds an event out at, um, out in the colony at mm -hmm. the old American. And um, we've, it's like first part of October. It's the ascendant um, championship. Uh, right. There's a guy that I know that reached out to me that uh, is on their committee there. And he just wanted to see if we wanted to partner with them. And of course I'm like, uh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking at um different things they've uh donated some items uh like a um there's going to be four tickets that we're going to give away at the uh at the tournament and then there's also going to be uh two inside the rope tickets for the lpga event so on one of the uh, i'm not sure if it's a practice round or regular round guessing practice round you'll actually uh we'll have this up for auction to where uh, the people will be able to go inside the ropes with the players um, and follow them for the, for the practice round. Very nice. Very nice. Again, yeah, it's, it's it sounds a, like it's like, going to be a blast. And it, it's, it's like, it's going to be great. Like I say, it's another way that we can raise money for us. And, and it's a kind of a once in a lifetime experience because like they don't offer that to the public. You can't buy a ticket to right. be inside the on the course uh, with, with, you know, the, some of the best golfers in the world. Exactly. Uh, you know, I believe Nellie Corda comes and plays that. She's, the, I think, the top, if not one of the top five golfers in the world. So it's a, it's a pretty cool event. And, you know, I'm glad that they reached out. And, again, we're, we're still working on some other things behind the scenes. But I'm, I'm glad to partner with them and kind of move forward and see what we can, we can do with them, uh, you know, throughout the coming years. Well, let's let everybody know where they can find information about uh, the putts for mutts and by the way it's spelled p-u-t-t-s-f-o-r-e for mutts <laughs> i thought Thank that you. was clever yes. as well we're on social media can <laughs> they find all this stuff yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um so the easiest way right now is uh to, for the golf tournament is to uh follow me on uh on instagram and that's the that's where i give all the tournament information i have a facebook page but everything comes through instagram anyway so you can just type in at putts for mutts, F-O-R-E, and that's that's the handle. We were lucky enough to kind of get that that handle for the, the tournament, and uh, so it's easy to find. And if you need any more information, there's a link tree that takes you to tournament uh, registration, sponsorship registration. It gives you information on each of the rescues that we uh, host, and there's some other information on there as well. Uh, but yeah, we, we're starting right now, kind of ramping everything up. So you'll start seeing posts about different sponsors we have coming up and, you know, giveaways or raffle tickets and, or raffle prizes that we'll have and stuff like that as well. 
you know, these are exciting times. I know, like you said, when you took over uh, Forgotten Friends, you're like, I got to take this thing to the next level. I'm glad you did baby steps so that you won't. Like, trying to. Yeah. 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 Trying to. It's like you, you started off slowly. And you're like, <laughs> OK, let's let's not, you know, uh, I have to say that corny phrase again, bite off more than we can chew. <laughs> but you're doing it the right way. I'm yeah. impressed. I'm very impressed with this. Trying, trying to like, I know I, I wanted to come in and be like, okay, let's do this. Let's do that. Really. But I, I, I just, I'm glad I did as well. Like I'm kind of pulled back and said, okay, let, how can we make this grow? It doesn't need to be right away. Let's make this gradual and let's do it right. Um, and I, I think we have, we had some struggles kind of at first um, and, and not, not struggles, but yeah. just, no challenge. Call it, call it tra- challenges. That, you that, had that challenges. Like, okay, how do we handle this? And, and mm-hmm. but we 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 figured it out, and we're kind of we're we're running pretty um, smooth, you know, pretty smoothly right now. Okay, so I'm going to give you a couple of rapid fire questions that people sure. who may be listening might have because you you sound so genuine, and you are. But you mentioned <laughs> you have six dogs. Can you name all six? Go. Oh yeah, uh, Gizmo, Raider, Teddy, L. Calypso and Faith. Name the breeds. They are a Chihuahua, an Irish Wolfhound mix, a Shepherd mix, two Pit mixes, and a Houndish mix. A mutt. <laughs> a mutt. Yeah, they're all mutts. <laughs> and who's the biggest? Uh, so Raider's the biggest. He's the Irish Wolfhound mix. Well, uh, he used to be the biggest. He's our old man now, so he's kind of. <laughs> Lost a little bit of his size because of that old man. So maybe Teddy has taken him over. He's about a, a four-year-old shepherd mix. So he's probably like 80, 85 pounds. And who is the smallest? That's Gizmo. That's the Chihuahua. He's like 11-pound ball of terror. Do they all get along? You said ball of they terror. Do. They do. Everybody is terrified of Gizmo the smallest. Of course. One. The yapper. But, but, but I mean, he's, he, is, he is a friendly dog. But, yeah, they he... They don't mess with them. They'll play with each other. But, yeah, they all get along. They they do well together. And do you plan on keeping all six for a while? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, again, three of those were were planned adoptions and three are foster fails. And as the owner in, <laughs> of, the, <laughs> of the rescue, it's hard for me to foster myself. I do it, but they have to be – I'm a temporary foster. If they're mm-hmm. going to be here longer than – like three or four weeks, I can't do it because I'll end up keeping them. So the question is, <laughs> you've got six and you have a wife. Do yes. you plan on having even more pets? Any any more dogs coming ab- aboard? You're gonna in probably other words, not. We're tapped out with six. Um, maybe if if and when uh, one unfortunately leaves us, we will probably have that conversation in the future. But um, at this point. Uh, we're sticking with six. <laughs> and is there any chance of a of a of kids along the way? Are you gonna have any kids no, at all? No, no, no. I'm planning on having kids. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so yeah. I would say they are. There are kids. There are. There are family. That is fantastic. Again, people love the backstory. Can you tell everybody again how they can get involved? And and, and Brad, we are so proud. the The event again, the big event, the golf tournament is April 29th, right? Yes, uh, Saturday, April 29th at 1.30. Uh, you have until April 24th to sign up as a team or a sponsor. Um, as for the rescue, you can go to www.dfwfgf.org. That's our website. And, yeah, we'd love the help and the, the recognition. And if you, can, if you follow us on 
on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, again, you can follow Putts for Mutts at, at Putts for Mutts. All right, Brad, thank you so much. And thank you for listening to Better Living, a show that recognizes organizations and individuals doing great things here in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. So long, everybody. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.